Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing, Mike and Jay. Oh, what a treat this is, eh? Yay! Two shows... In a short amount of time. In a short period of time. It's like we were just here. Oh, my God. Is that, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be a a small hiatus. A short one. Short hiatus. So you get two shots of awesomeness followed by a slight period of non-awesomeness. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've we had some good feedback recently, and, uh, yeah. you know, I think we're moving up in the world. We are? Yeah, we're only, we're ranked, uh, 727,000th on mm. the, uh, the podcast, uh, site. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, man. There's podcasts. There are. Everybody has one, because they're, they're somewhat easy to start. But very few have the cachet and the suaveness of ours. Yeah. Is that a word, suaveness? You know what I don't get either? No. You know, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just partial to our program. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of garbage out there. Oh, uh, there's a lot of garbage. And uh, but yet they have uh, they they have a lot bigger following than <laughs> we do. They sure do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't know. They must be paying people. Maybe we should institute prima nocta. You know what that is? No. What? First night, we shall be allowed to lay with any podcaster as we choose. Oh. And by therefore, we will breed our way to victory. <laughs> okay. Will we get pictures and stuff? <laughs> How do we choose these people? Well, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project, where we are. Today, discussing, we're ta- we're talking about scary movies. Scary movies, not necessarily horror movies. No, but scary movies throughout our young lives. So, my uh, yeah, we Mike and I each compiled a list of uh, some some scary movies, a number of them. And uh, for me, I don't know how Mike approached his list. Yeah, but I approached mine in the sense of uh, putting myself back into the shoes yes. of a youth, of yes. a youngster. And my because some of these movies I haven't seen since I was a kid, right? Well, and they yeah. frightened the the pants off me. Yeah. So it's a top ten list for me. Well, what we of do my uh, of my worst uh, scariest horror movies of all time. What we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss some, like I said, some scary movies from our past and from the present day too. Mm. Uh, tell you a little bit about the movie. You've probably seen a lot of them. Maybe some of them you haven't. And the purpose is just to say, you know, a lot of these things form our our. Uh, our fear system, if you will, for the rest of your life. Sure. Because some, some things scare you as a youth. They continue to scare you, even if they don't make a whole lot of sense as you go forward right. in life. And you know what I've discovered, too, in, while researching the program? You research getting, this program? Well, I got a little more information on some of these these obscure movies that I haven't... Some of them are obscure, some not so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to refresh my memory on some of these. And um, I realized they're quite dumb, uh, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't have quite the same... Uh, you know, scare factor as they did when I watched them as a kid. I have such a different perspective now. Yeah, it's interesting. And then for our halftime show, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna play Celebrity Live or Dead. Mm. I'm gonna I will submit a list of uh, uh, famous people, and Jay will have to determine whether they are alive or have passed on. And once again, Mike is gonna try to make me look stupid. No, I picked normal people. And maybe time. for extra credit, I can give a little information on each one if I know that. Know, that that's know a good. It. That's a good idea. But before we begin the the topic today, I uh, I had to bring up something. So, on the way over here today, uh, I arrived at the Palatial Eon Project Studios prior to Jay today. And uh, so, thusly, I was locked out as security. I found him peeking in the window. Would not allow me in. the back when I got here. But while I was sitting in the, uh, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village, I noticed a strange noise. Mm. And I couldn't tell where it was coming from. Finally, I was able to, you know how, like, if you hear a noise multiple times, you can kind of zero in yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of use your radar. You focus in on it, yeah. I zeroed in on it, and I noticed that there was a woodpecker, I believe, oh. way up high in a tree. Oh. Now, I ask you, because yeah. you know a lot about weird stuff, and I don't know. Does a woodpecker eat the wood? No. What is it doing? No, Why no. is it making that noise? It's creating a hole. 
Oh, it's creating a hole in the uh, in the in the tree. Why in, does it do in that? The, in the uh, does it try to live in the hole? It does live in the hole. That's where it creates oh. its little nest. It goes I... in there, creates a little nest in the in there, and it has its little uh, babies, little baby. It birds. must have a very hard nose. It does. It pecks away and pecks away. So just, so it just keeps making a little hole. I thought I thought it had something to do with the the, the digestive system of the bird. No, because if you look if you look in the uh, the vicinity of the the ground uh-huh. where the trunk of the tree would be, you would see bits of uh, sawdust, if you will. Oh, yeah. Nature's carpenter. That's right. Anyway. Yeah, so... Well, thanks for clearing that up. That's... Uh, I, I try to do that. You know, that's I, it for today, folks. See you uh, later. I know. See you. Bye. No, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because on my way over here, the reason I was a few minutes late is because I got stuck behind a school bus. Oh. And now I don't want to offend anybody out there, you know, because we, uh, we like... <laughs> we like... We, we uh, you know, we put our stuff out there you for don't people of anyone? all classes, of all uh, classes. occupations. All classes. Things of that sort, okay? <laughs> Even the downtrodden. But I have to say... Uh, uh, School bus drivers oh. are some of the most inconsiderate drivers <laughs> in the history of the world. Now, don't get me wrong. They have precious cargo. They do. I will give them that. Yeah. But why is it, especially in the in rush hour times, when everybody's trying to get to work mm-hmm. and, and rushing around, the school bus mm-hmm. meanders its way down the roadway, oh, yeah. stopping every 10 feet, letting off well, one because, child at a time. Well, because you know they don't do bus stops anymore. No, when they we don't. were kids, they, they would don't. have a gathering point for sure. everyone in the neighborhood. That's right. And they would stop once. Yep. But now they stop. No, kids can't be asked to walk no. more than 10 feet to their bus. You know, I I play a little game now. So the school bus drops a kid off and I go, "Watch this, it's going to stop another 10 feet." Sure enough, it does. <laughs> and but, each time you get angrier and angrier. <laughs> but my point is this. My point is this. Everyone has places to go and, you know, places We've to go. We've all got places to go. And we know that when the school bus puts its red lights out, you have to stop, obviously for safety purposes. And it's the law. The school bus driver is unaware of his surroundings, apparently. <laughs> has a line of a thousand cars miles long behind him. Yep. Now, pulls stops, pulls over to the side, stops, lets the kid out. You think <laughs> That they could just, or, or picks the, puts the kid on. You think they could stop for five minutes and let a number of the cars go by so they could go. Oh, you mean turn the lights off and allow Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by? put like its blinker on, like it's off to the side and let a bunch of cars go by. No, they don't do that. They don't. They just continue well, sometimes, to saunter down the roadway. Sometimes they have conversations with people too. They do. Like a mother will come out and start jaw jacking yes. with the person and the, the bus driver. And then you're like, really? What's happening here? One time, and not, not to go too far off the rails here. Too late. So. One time I was behind a bus that was stopped. It was off to the side. It had its yellow lights on, which oh, by law, you can, still go. you can go around it. Right. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give it the courtesy because maybe it's going to put the red lights on. Mm-hmm. So the yellow lights were going and going and going. It didn't put the red lights on. I said, I got to get I gotta get around this bus. So I went around it. Oh, my God. Her <laughs> arms came out the window. She was flailing about. I was like, okay. So and what I, did you do? <laughs> well, I went down the road. I did my little errand. And when I turned around and came back, there was a man. Uh-oh. Who who lived in one of the houses, standing in the middle of the road, and he flagged me down. What? And he began to berate me. Are you serious? For passing the school bus. Why did you stop for some guy waving his arms? He got in front of my vehicle. I didn't want to run him over. Oh, you should have killed him. So I stopped, and we began yelling at each other. And I said, "You're an idiot." I said, "The school bus driver what? didn't have its red lights on." I can't believe that somebody would flag you down. Yep. What were you, what kind of errand was it? Do you remember? Uh, not that I that's was, I was dropping off uh, something. That is not germane to the story, but I just like no. to know stuff. Yep. I'm, I'm very nosy. I was I was making a, a drop. Well, I, I am sorry that you had that experience. That's right. I'm going to make a horror movie about speaking it. Speaking of horror movies, yes. well, speaking of scary movies, we're going to go back. We're going to start talking about some... I have. I don't know what your list contains. My list contains some old movies, some new movies, a couple in between. And as we said at the outset of the show, this is not about horror movies. This is about scary movies. Some, some movies that are really scary wouldn't be classified as horror movies just because of what they contain. So do you know what horror actually is? Well, for some people, it's different. For me, horror is sitting here looking across at you. 
But that could be horrible. You may have a different definition. Actually, the definition is an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. Mm. Which, you know, that's the definition. I actually have worked in the haunted house industry for mm. many years. You, well, You've said that before. And, and believe it or not, and I've actually attended classes about scaring. Oh. Like scare classes. Do you get all dressed up? No. No? And it's more, it, well, it's more about the design of haunted houses. So, okay. you know, I, I know some people who listen to this program may, may be into haunted houses. Yep. And there's actually a science that goes into it, and there's different types of scares. There's there's horror scares, which is, like I said, you know, abject feeling of horror. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a disgust type like of scare, which would be thing. gruesome. Yeah. And then there's shocking type. So there's like a lot of different ways. And when they, well, when they're constructing the <laughs> Haunted house, they take into account the different types of scares because there's um, certain things scare other people. Like some people are scared of bugs and some people are absolutely not scared of bugs. So a good haunted house would have a variety of scares. Yeah, because they want to be able to get everybody. If if, if every time you walked around a corner, somebody jumped out at you, you would start to know, hey, as soon as I walk around this corner, somebody's going to jump out. So they don't do that. They they do misdirections and all sorts of stuff. And I believe it is true that people do soil themselves in some of these places. Um, They do. I've actually witnessed and, and been the cause of people, not, not, maybe not. Maybe not pooing, mm. but I have had people urinate on themselves mm. because of me, and not not just in haunted houses. Did they urinate on you? That's a story for another day. Oh, so why don't you go first, Jay? Why don't we delve into the memory banks of Jason? All right. So these are not in any chronological order, but mine are in order. You are. They you do are come in. No, no, no. You let me finish. They're in alphabetical order. Oh, because as I put them together, I just put them in alphabetically. So okay. Going back to my youth, a uh, youngster, maybe uh, eight or ten years old, and I don't even know why I was even allowed to watch this movie. Well, that's, can, can I say something before you yes. begin? A lot of the, the movies on my list also happened when I was a child, and we were allowed to watch lots of stuff we probably shouldn't have that's been right. able to watch. Because nowadays, I wouldn't let my kids watch. You know, when I, I had, uh, I used to watch movies with my dad, and, he, and sometimes they were not the best movies for a, a youngster. And we had an old Zenith TV, right? Oh, the big Zenith. So I had a move. So this is what my dad would do. Like, if there was a movie <laughs> playing and, like, say, uh, some gratuitous... Love making would came on or something, and some. Uh, There's naked, always love making in these movies. Some naked ladies. He would make me turn my head and hide my head, uh, uh, turn my head around and hide my head in the uh, the couch, the sofa, hear, right? You hear the noises. So what? I would hear the noises, so I knew it was coming. So I took the remote control, and it was an old style. It looked like a shoebox. Oh, the big box. That's ones. how big it was. Yes. And on one end of it, where you put the batteries in, it was like a, it had a mirrored surface. Oh. It was like a mini mirror. <laughs> so I would position it perfectly, so I could see through wow. the reflection of the remote and see ingenious. the and see the boobs. That's ingenious. Yeah. Man. Anyway. Yep. So anyway, this movie was uh, the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. And yeah. uh, a little fact about, fa- some couple quick facts about the movie. Sure. It was uh, directed by Wes Craven, which many have uh, may have heard of before. And I don't think re- that's his real name. It is, absolutely. Craven is his last yes. name? Yes. Okay. It is, man. You know, what you know what that means? They use it a lot in uh, Game of Thrones. It means like coward. A Craven? You're Craven. Oh, I had I'm that. Jon Snow and you're Craven along with my brother's. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it came out in the year, the great year of 1984. That was a good year. Uh, which you know, the early 80s, uh, nothing, nothing beat the early 80s, I don't think. No. And a couple of the stars of the movie were Robert England, obviously, who played Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp, a young Johnny Depp, was in that. Johnny and, Depp, and he got killed early on in the film. Oh, you're giving away spoilers. Who hasn't seen A Nightmare on Elm Street? Some people might not have seen it. All right, no spoilers then. Okay. And the wonderful and lovely, beautiful which I had a crush on back then, Heather Langenkamp. Anyone named Heather in the 1980s was hot. Oh, man. Heather Locklear, Heather Langenkamp. Here's a question for you. What did Heather Langenkamp go on to do after A Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you no, remember? I, no idea. She was in an 80s sitcom called Just the Ten of Us, <laughs> and uh, where they had a large family with a bald uh, patriarch, and it was a comedy. Oh, no, I don't remember that one. That was pretty good. Oh. 
So what do you remember about the film? Do you uh, remember? Did it, did it scare yeah, you? I, you know what? I, I, I never was really afraid of the Nightmare on Elm Street Really? Movies. No, I just didn't. I, I don't know. It's just something about the character of oh, Freddy didn't man. really scare me. No, I used to sit there and, uh, you know, we'd watch the movie and I, I, I just, I couldn't look. I couldn't watch. Yeah. You know, uh, the Freddy Krueger, obviously he was grotesque in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the just the the, uh, the premise of the movie where he would enter your dreams. Yeah. Because you think when you're sleeping, you know, uh, all is quiet and uh, you got nothing to fear. But he'd come to you in, in your dreams and he'd try to kill you. Did, yeah. Yeah. That's all you have to say about Nightmare on Well, no, 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 no. Oh. You, you want me to give you a whole synopsis of the movie or what? Well, no, I didn't know if we were going to tell. I thought we were going to give a little synopsis of the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, just oh, and, then say, and then say why it's scary. So, yeah. So, you know, obviously you guys remember the movie starts out and uh, with the little girl who's in the boiler room. Oh, and yeah. She's attacked by the disfigured man wearing the blade, uh, the blade glove, you know, the, the glove that had the, the knives on well, it. Well, he's not disfigured at this point, right? No, no, no. In the movie, he in, oh. in the uh, at the very beginning, he okay. is. Yeah, he comes out uh, and he attacks her. And, uh, you know, obviously she awakens from this nightmare, but unfortunately, uh, you know, she realizes that she has slashes in her nightgown. <gasps> so clearly the dream has become reality. And, and from there, the, uh, the horror and the, uh, the attacks of the, of the crazed dream, uh, uh, dream warrior, dream warrior or dream murderer, <laughs> Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. uh, attacks a group of youths over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, until the final battle occurs and, in which, uh, Nancy... Uh, prevails. However, they uh, they realize that Freddy Krueger is still alive, and uh, and it continues on. Of course, they made subsequent sequels after that. So there you go. Did you know that the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street was actually based on a real case? No, you didn't know that, did you? No. So there's a uh, there was a this was back in the, I think it's in the 60s or 70s, probably 60s. There was a group of um, immigrants to the United States from uh, there was a it was a Southeast Asian country. I don't remember which exactly which one it was, mm-hmm. but for some reason there was a, a preponderance of deaths in this group of men Ooh. who had immigrated from this area, and supposedly they were dying in their sleep and no one could figure out why. Yeah, and there was some sort of speculation that they were having some sort of uh, very realistic dream that was in fact killing them, mm. and so that's how the story kind of got out. From gotcha, there. pretty All interesting. Right. All right, what do you got? Okay, this is one that you may or may not have heard of. Ready? Okay. This is from 1983. Oh. Called The House of the Long Shadows. Oh, have you, you know, heard of this? I've never heard of this. Okay. This is one I thought it was terrifying as a child, and it's all because of... And you saw this as a child. Yeah. Okay. 1983, yeah, so I was a young child. Uh, it was terrifying to me because of a few, but now that I look back at them, bad special effects. Mm. You know, if you look at it now, you're probably like... Mm, yeah, you're like, whatever. oh, that wasn't so good. This is an otherwise notable film because it actually it stars a bunch of really famous horror actors from back in the day. Vincent Price, Christopher cool. Lee, Peter Cushing, mm-hmm. and John Carradine. Okay. The premise is, ready for the premise? Peter Cushing, wasn't he in uh, Star Wars? Was that? Was yeah, that? no, he played Grand Moff Tarkin. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in uh, some vampire movies. Okay. Peter Cushing was. So the premise is that there's a writer who, he makes a bet that he's going to write a, a, a great horror novel mm. in 24 hours. So he's going he's gonna to write a novel within 24 hours. And to do so, he goes to a spooky old house because he wants to be inspired. Yep. Sounds spooky already. He encounters a bunch of weird, creepy people in the house who have been keeping their deranged and homicidal brother locked up for the past 40 years inside the house Mm -hmm. uh, because he's nuts. All sorts of grisly murders take place, of course, because it's a horror movie. Then it's discovered that the crazy dude has escaped. Yeah. The thing that scared me the most, right? was a guy gets killed with an axe, which is scary enough, right? I think it's Vincent Price, actually, that mm-hmm. gets killed with the axe. But when they when they show it, you can see blood and hair attached to the to the um, axe. Oh, yeah. Because he got hit in it. And it was really, 
to me, for some reason, just looking at that, it set me over the edge. Uh, looking at that was disgusting. Uh, I won't give away the ending. Okay. But I, but I saw some clips of it recently, and it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you know that's a theme that runs through all these movies. Yeah, you know, you see it now, and you're like, yeah, whatever. So we're gonna, a lot of quick hits here. So uh, I'm going right into the next one. So as I said, alphabetically speaking, the next one I'm gonna go, I'm gonna talk about is a movie called Alligator. I don't know if you remember this or not. Let me guess. It's about alligators. And it was directed by the great Louis Teague. And one of the one of the themes you're gonna see is some of these directors uh, are you know they do some of the, a lot of the same movies in my list mm-hmm. as well as you know there's a lot of Stephen King uh, you know movies in my list as well. So right. But anyway, so Alligator came out in 1980, and it's starring absolutely no one, no one you've ever heard of <laughs> was in this movie. Joe from down the block. That's right. And the premise is a uh, a teenage girl purchases a baby alligator while on vacation with the family in Florida. Oh, of course, there's lots of alligators. In so Florida. of course they they go home, they take the little baby alligator back to Chicago with her. Ah. Uh. And uh, so the the girl ends up flushing the baby alligator down the toilet for whatever reason, right? Twelve years, fast forward twelve years later, the alligator has survived by feeding on covertly discarded pet carcasses. Mm-hmm. So it's been living in the sewer, okay. eating uh, refuse, eating other dead animals. That's an old urban legend, isn't it, about the alligator that's living in the sewers? That's that's correct. Yes, yes. I wonder if it was stemmed as a result of this movie. But apparently, some of the some of the, uh, the little creatures that it had been eating were part of a scientific. Uh, experiment that they had uh, 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 they had like growth hormones shot into them or whatever so they, they had these uh, side effects okay and so one of the one of the things that happened to this alligator it grew into th- a 36 foot long monster okay uh, a 36 foot long alligator and uh, began uh, ambushing and devouring people by the sewer and it was just basically running wreaking havoc all over the city of Chicago let me ask you a question an, an anthropological question yeah or I'm not sure if that's the right word Zoological question. Okay. Do alligators eat people? Like they they do, right? They, like, oh like yeah, it's happened. A, you would be a, no. I know that it's happened, but you know how like sharks don't supposedly like the taste of people. They eat you by accident because they think you're a seal. Well, you're in. The, yeah. Well, I shark- wonder if like a, like alligators the same thing. No, like, it happens just, all the time, man. You just happen to be standing around. Well, no, there was that kid that was uh, killed at Disney World. That's a couple right. Years ago. That's right. He went down. He was close to the water, and the thing came out and ambushed him. And did you hear that the dad jumped in and tried to? To get it. That's right. Tried to wrestle with it or whatever. That's right. But anyway. Anyway. So they, uh, they're they trying to hunt this alligator down. They finally corner it in the sewer. And uh, they load the sewer with explosives. And they <laughs> Yes, because that's the most effective way to kill something. And they, uh, and they blew it, they blew it uh, to smithereens. I see. That's right. But at the end, you see a baby, another baby gall- uh, alligator oh. gets spit out of the sewer. And the, the process repeats They left itself. it open that's for right. a sequel. That's right. And there's All been no alligator movies. 2. All good scary movies do that. They leave it open for a sequel. <laughs> what oh. do you got next? Here's one that you've probably never heard of. 1982. Oh, another 80s. A movie called Brainwaves. I've heard of it. Not sure about the plot on this one, because I really <laughs> don't remember, but it has something to do with a transplant of one brain for another. Mm-hmm. And then the person who's the recipient of the brain starts having uh, these hallucinations and dreams and whatnots of the other of other people dying. Yep. And the reason that I find it scary, and I always thought it was uh, as a child, was because... In in a certain scene, there's a young, there's a comely young lady who is enjoying a blissful bath. Did you say comely? Yes. She's enjoying a bath. Yeah. Some dude comes in and throws a plugged in toaster into the bathtub. Yes. And it violently electrocutes her, like horribly. I think that would happen. So, from that point on, I was terrified to be in a bathtub because someone would come in and throw a toaster in there. That's right. So, but this is not a joke. When I used to take baths as a kid, you know, you know how you have your little GI Joes yep. and your, your yep. toys and stuff in the bathtub. 
I was always afraid that when people were walking by, they were going to either accidentally or on purpose, because my kid, my uh, my brother and sister didn't like me very much, were going to throw a toaster into the... They still the, don't. No. No. They were going to throw some sort of electrical appliance in and kill me. Would have been bad. So anyway, I'm still afraid of that. That was what? Was that called again? Brainwaves. Brainwaves. Yep. All right. So I'm going into my next one. It's, uh, it's a movie called Burnt Offerings. Oh, <laughs> I'm familiar with Burnt Offerings. This, uh, this movie was directed by Dan Curtis and came out in, in a great year, 1976. Ooh. And this is another one of those movies that, I, as I look back on it, as a kid, I was like, "Wow, that was that was frightening." Uh, you know, the acting was great. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very scary. Um, but now you look on it, and you're like, "This is stupid." <laughs> but anyway, that was starring. Well, I shouldn't say starring, but uh, Betty Davis was in the movie. And, Betty Davis and Burgess Meredith was also. Uh, oh, Mickey had a small part from in the Rocky. film. That's right. So basically, the the quick synopsis is the uh, the Rolf family. They take a long summer vacation in a large uh, neoclassical 19th century mansion. In the countryside, right? So there's a number of people in the uh, in the family, uh, and one of the odd requirements for the rental is that apparently uh, there's an old woman that lives upstairs. Old woman who lives in shoe. That they have to take care of as one of the requirements to rent the house. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, continuing on from that point, uh, she she doesn't you know nobody ever sees the lady. Nobody ever you know you can't really you're not supposed to interact with her. And a bunch <laughs> of a bunch of strange uh, happenings occur, almost uh-huh. like it's a haunted house. Right. You know, people are getting uh, hurt. And there's uh, strange things going on. And uh, eventually, the, it ends up with the family being attacked and killed uh, at the end. They're oh. all dead. You know what's notable about that movie? My wife is petrified of that movie to this day. Because apparently in the film, and I've actually seen it yeah. um, re- fairly recently, there's a chauffeur guy, and he's got these sunglasses on, and he smiles creepily. Yes. The, that supposedly That's right. terrified my wife, and she's still afraid of yes, it. Yes, it's very terrifying. I've seen a picture of the guy. He's pretty scary. Well, good, good acting on his part. All right, what do you We're got? We're moving on. Here's one that you guys, you're, you would not think of as a scary movie. and it, Well, maybe you would, but other, most people would not. 1986's classic mm. Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, that was creepy. A while creepy action film. Yeah. yeah, well, technically not a horror movie. It used to scare the crap out of me as a child. The basic premise is uh, there's a gang of satanic serial killers. That's right. That seemingly kill at random and in gruesome ways. Like ax- axes and stuff. Yeah. So what scared me the most, <laughs> okay, this is probably not what scared you the most. At the beginning of the movie, uh, Cobra, which is Sylvester Stallone, that's his cool nickname, yeah. Cobra. Yep. He has a Colt 45, I think, in that movie, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. He had an MP5, I know that, with a yeah, laser on, the, on, it. on A the giant front, laser sight. His, his, his weapon, his sidearm is a, is a 45, uh, Oh, it didn't have, co- it didn't have Cobra grips it on it? It did have a Cobra grip, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so he, Cobra gets called, he's a cop, gets called into a grocery store that has been overtaken by a crazed gunman. Mm. Eventually, after saying a bunch of cool hero words... Like when the guy says, I'll kill all these people and I'll blow this place up. Cobra goes, go ahead, I don't shop here. Which I thought is a great line. That is a great line. He had a little matchstick in his mouth, <laughs> he too. He did. Uh, anyway, so he, he kills that guy. He's going to, the guy that's taking over the, uh, the the grocery store, he kills him. But it's all bloody. Like, you can yeah. see the grossness. In yeah. The, and, uh, it, and it scared me. That part scared me. And then also, the satanic guys wear pantyhose on their heads. And it freaks me the hell out. And now I don't look. I don't like putting pantyhose on my head, even when my wife asked me to. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know about that. At you know, all. The, the the main villain in that movie was especially creepy. Yeah, he looked like a mongoloid. He had or like something. a chiseled he face. Was, with, no, he uh, was a caveman. Yeah, he had like a furrowed brow. <laughs> especially when he put the pantyhose on his head and he attacked that girl in the hospital. I didn't like that. You know who's in that movie too? Yes, Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen. That's right. She looked really good in that movie. She looked. Yeah, that was probably her best best looking movie. That was when uh, her and Stallone got together. Yep, that's right. They were an item. All right, can I can I go? Yeah, over? go ahead. All right, so this next one's a little bit different. 
And the reason I say that is because I've never actually seen this movie. Because I had heard so much about it when I was a kid. It was so scary okay. that I couldn't watch it. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it uh, soon. So it's a movie called Children of the Corn. Oh, Children of the Corn. And the kids in school used to talk about it all the time oh, yes. in, in the lunchroom. And it was so scary to me what they were saying. I couldn't bear to watch it. Okay. So that was directed by the great Fritz Kirch. Oh, Fritz. And uh, that came out in 1984. This movie's on the Fritz. And it starred, one of the stars, the only one I could find, was Linda Hamilton. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember Linda? I do, from Terminator. That's film. right. So I'll just give you a quick synopsis. I'm going to read it because I've never seen the movie. Okay. So the film is set in the fictional town of Gatlin, Nebraska, an agricultural community surrounded by mass cornfields. Mm-hmm. When the crop fails one year, the townsfolk turn to prayer to ensure a successful harvest. However, 12-year-old Isaac Croner takes all the children into Gatlin into the cornfields and indoctrinates them into the religious cult based around a bloodthirsty deity called He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Isaac and his subordinate Malachi Malachi. lead the children in a revolution, murdering all of the adults in town as human sacrifices. Yeah. Only two children refuse to participate, Job and his sister Sarah, who can see visions of the future drawing them on paper. So as you can see, it's basically a bunch of crazy... Is Stephen King? It's a Stephen King book. Uh, Yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't didn't see that. Maybe it is. So anyway, as you can see, it uh, it goes downhill from there, and uh, a bunch of people are (laughs) killed. So you've never seen it? No. The part where the the children uprising and kill all the adults is actually very disturbing. Is it? Yes. It's is there just, isn't there like a sickle? Like there's, there's a sickle. Yes, yes. It's a, a, a scythe. Scythe, right? A scythe, yes, yeah. A scythe. Oh man. Yeah. Which, so try to spell. Scythe. That was so scary to me as a youth. I never saw it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. This next one is going to be very familiar to you, Jason. Oh. Uh, because we have a, actually share a personal connection with this movie. Mm. Uh, mostly because we watched it as youths to together. Together. When we were very young. Very young. 1989. Experimenting with things. 1989. Yes. Shocker. Oh, shocker. Yes. Starring a young but still bald Mitch Pileggi from uh, X-Files theme. Okay. uh, So the premise is of shocker, if you haven't seen it. Mm. It is not a sexual move, uh, which is a different movie That is a different move altogether, yeah. So the premise is a serial killer who's going around murdering folk. He's captured and he's he's executed by the electric chair. However, before he gets it, he makes a deal with some sort of electrical TV devil thing. Yes. And the execution doesn't work and he gets turned into pure electricity. So he can travel through wires and and whatnots. You wonder it. who thought of that premise was like, oh, this is a great idea for a uh, it's scary really movie. Stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. But what's scary for me is the scene where he gets electrocuted. It's loud and scary. Mm-hmm. And then also the dude limps real bad. Yeah. Uh, the the serial killer guy. So whenever I would see people limping, I would think that it was the shocker guy coming oh. to get me. Because you know he turns into different people. That's I right. Think, like throughout the movie. Yeah. And so you don't know which one he's gonna be. Mm. Shocker. And also, there's a hot chick in it who gets killed, and I don't remember her name. Mm. She, but you liked her. Yeah, I had a little crush on her in okay. 1989. I think we're, uh, I'm going to do one more, and then we'll get into the uh, into the bit. Okay. All right. So this next one is a Steve is definitely a Stephen King uh, a novel originally, and uh, it's a movie called Christine. Oh yes. And it was directed by the great John Carpenter, who uh, has a number of uh, a few movies in my my list. Yeah. And that came out in 1983. Another 83 movie. And the only one I find in the movie that uh, a star that I heard of, that I, the name was familiar to me, was Alexandra Paul. I don't know who Of that Baywatch is. fame. Oh, Baywatch. She okay. was the older, uh, short-haired lady on Baywatch, yes. remember? Yes, yes, yes. She had kind of a butchy hairdo. Yes. Can, can you say that? Yeah, you can say that. All right. So, the synopsis, basically. In Detroit, Michigan, September 1957. Is it Detroit or Detroit? It's Detroit, baby. Dr. Detroit. <laughs> At a Chrysler Corporation assembly plant, a man is found dead in a newly assembled 1958 Plymouth Fury. Ooh. So this is one of these movies that frightened me a lot as a kid, and I watched it alone one time. 
I don't know how I did that. I was so <laughs> petrified, I couldn't even get out of the channel. I think and back in the, the channel. day, they used to have movies on all the time that were probably not the best for people. Yeah. So fast forward many years later, uh, uh, a young, uh, you know, awkward, unpopular teen named Arnie Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, be- he, you know, he basically buys the car. He gets the car, this, uh, this, this possessed vehicle. Right, and he begins to change. You know, he suddenly well, first he becomes more popular because he has a really nice car. Yes, and uh, then he like falls in love with the car, and he becomes angry, and like the car ha- has this negative effect on him, mm-hmm. and it's like it's killing people, and the car actually becomes very um, protective of Arnie. So it's like a it's a sentient car. That's correct. Mm-hmm. It's possessed. Yes, and uh, yeah, so uh, Arnie, and eventually Arnie comes too, and he realizes, wow, this is uh, this is not good, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, of course, he tries to find ways to destroy the vehicle. Which he does eventually. It ends up in a car crusher. Oh! But one of the final scenes, you see a part, one of the parts of the vehicle come al- come alive and start moving around. Yeah. So, uh, did they ever explain why the why the car was cursed? No, they never really do. I don't or think. Or why it was possessed? No, it's just it was possessed you know, from the beginning. There's actually a number of real life examples of cursed vehicles. Mm. One in particular is the the very famous James Dean, who died a young man after completing only th- I think three movies. He was in three. That's right. Full length movies. Uh, but he was one of the biggest stars of his day. He was killed in a, and I don't remember the exact. It was like a, a spider. I don't was it a spider the, or was it a? Uh, I think it was a spider. What is a co- was it a cobra? No, it was a spider. Anyway, the thing killed. Uh, he died in a car wreck, and supposedly the car was cursed because after that day, the car was parted out. You know, because it was totaled in the accident. The sure. car was parted out, and many of the uh, parts went to other owners, and tragedy befell everybody that got pieces of this car. Right. Supposedly, including. One of the guys was taking it off, taking the the hulk of the car off a truck, and it fell and it killed him. Okay. And uh, bad luck pursued everyone that had it. Apparently, it was a Porsche. I'm Porsche looking at spider. it right now. It's a Porsche Spider. Oh, I never heard of a Porsche Spider. Uh, they don't, probably don't make it anymore. Oh. Okay. Anyway, do you want to do the? Uh, do you so, want to, do you want to make me look stupid again? We are on the halfway point of the show. Dun, and, dun, dun. and today, per listener request, uh-huh. another listener request we like to fulfill. I'll tell you what, whatever, whoever this list, these listeners are, they're great. They're smart. They, they come up with good stuff. They're, uh, they're and, intelligent. And now's a good time to give out the uh, our website. It still doesn't work because it's terrible. So we took it down. But you can still contact us at theeonproject at yahoo.com. That's T-H-E-E-O-N project at yahoo.com. Yep. Send us some suggestions. Send us your scary movies. What scared you as a child or as an adult? And tell us why it was scary. And, and we'll read it on the air. You know what I realized before we get into the quick, the bit quickly? Yeah. Is that movies now are not scary. Nothing yeah. is... I don't know if it's because I'm an adult now, but I think they're all dumb. Actually, they're not the, true. They're all I'm going to get same, into that in a little bit. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll talk more about that later. So we're going to play Celebrity Live or Dead. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell... I'm gonna I'm gonna read the name of a celebrity. Yep. And Jason is gonna tell me whether this person is still alive or has passed on. Mm. Some of these are, are are you should know everybody. Okay. Uh, but you might not know whether they're alive or dead. All right, let's try. It. Let's go. see what we can Number do. One. Jim Neighbors of Gomer Pyle. Jim fame. Neighbors of Gomer Pyle fame. Uh, he was quite the Broadway show tune singer. Also the guy a great a, great singer. Yeah. The great guy had a great voice. He is dead. He just recently passed, actually. That's correct. He Thank died you. in 2017. Yes, that's right. Why don't you do the do me a favor? Give a, give a little bit of a pause, even if you might know it right away, yep. because I want to give the, the people at home a chance to ah, play as well. Very well. Okay. Yeah. So you're right on that one. Are we gonna keep score or no? Nah, keep going. The great Kirk Douglas of Spartacus fame. That's right. Kirk Douglas, uh, one of the greatest actors of all time. Of course, he's famous for uh, you know being the father of Michael Douglas that's as well. Correct. He's been many movies. He was in the Ten Commandments. That's right. Oh no, wait, sorry, that was Charlton. No, Heston. that was Charlton. That Heston. Was Charlton Heston. My bad. Kirk Douglas. But uh, Kirk Douglas. Is still alive. He is still alive, and he's old as dirt. <laughs> he is. He's 101 years old. And they old. dragged him out recently for some stupid event, <laughs> and he looked like a uh, he looked like a walking corpse. Poor, poor guy. He's 101. Yep. He's probably just w- counting the days down at this point. Good. All right. Here's one for you from the, you. I know you know the guy, 
Chris Penn, who played Nice Guy Eddie in the Reservoir Dogs movie. He did play. He, uh, he's the older brother of Sean Penn. Or sorry, younger brother of Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a number of movies. He was actually in Footloose as well. He played yep. Kevin Bacon's buddy That's in Footloose. Correct. Yep. Um, and Chris Penn unfortunately died a few years ago. I believe his heart exploded. Well, it wasn't. It was 2006. So it was 12 years ago. Okay. Yep. He did die of a heart attack. Ah, yes. So, wow, you're three for three. Yeah, I'm doing good Look today. You. You're going. Okay. <laughs> Here's one that you're not going to know. I hope. Richard Sanders, the guy that played Les Nesman on WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, this is a tough one because I don't know much about him. I, I can't. I couldn't tell you anything you, else. But you that remember? He was in. Remember in the in the 70s when that show was the 80s. That was a '70s show. '70s. He looked old then. He was old, right? So you'd figure he'd be a lot. So older. Th- this one is not. This one is not from my uh, my. You know, this is not from the group of knowledge that I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm just guessing on this one. I'm gonna say he's still alive. I'm just gonna take a wild stab in the dark on that one. You're absolutely right. He is still alive. Guess how old he is? He's uh, 97. He's only 78. Oh, you'd figure he'd be a lot older than that. Well, he looked bad back then. I know, and that was 30, 40 years ago. All right. Anyway, here's one for you. Merle Haggard, the great country music musician. Ah, Merle Haggard. You know, I used to uh, listen to uh, old Merle Haggard records with my dad as a youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mama Tried was one of my favorite uh, movies, uh, or excuse me, uh, Merle Haggard songs of all time. And uh, he lived to a ripe old age. And he was touring up until recently, and he also perished. Ah. So he is dead. Uh, just just not too long ago, he died. Died 2016. That's right. Two years ago. Yep. Huh, you're doing pretty well, man. You've only gotten... I've gotten none wrong. You've gotten none wrong. Here's one for you. From the 70s. Yep. Abe Vigoda. Fish from uh, Barney Miller. Yes. And also was in The Godfather. Yes. That's right. So this one's a bit tricky. Uh, You know, Abe Vigoda, he was a strange looking fellow. He was. Very unique looking. And actually, I'm going to say that he died because I remember (laughs) when he was alive and and when I heard that he did die, I was shocked that he was actually still alive. I thought that he had passed earlier. Abe Vigoda is dead. Yes. Died in 2016. That's right. Here's one for you that I didn't know. Okay. Look this one up. Dead or alive, Farrah Fawcett, the great model from the 1970s. That's right. So Farrah Fawcett, you would think that she'd still be alive because, you know, she was relatively young, but I believe she had cancer and died. She did. She died in 2009 of anal cancer, oh which my. is disturbing. That's that's not good. No. Nope. So you've gotten everyone right so far. I have. Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury was in Murder, She Wrote. She was also in um, Candleshoe. Candleshoe? There was a Disney movie. That was Candleshoe. I believe that also had Jodie Foster in it. Okay. Or maybe that was Bed that was no- the I'm sorry, the that was Bedknobs and Broomsticks that she was in. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she was she was quite attractive she, back then. She in was the day. also the voice of uh of the teapot in Beauty and the That's Beast. That's right. She is actually old as hell and is still alive. She is alive. She's ninety two years I old. I told you. Wow, you're like every one of them. I'm a machine. Michael Clark Duncan, the giant man from the Green Mile and the yep. Armageddon movie. Yep, he was in that. He was, uh, you know, in the Green Mile, they made him look a lot bigger than he actually yeah, was. He, I mean, he was a big dude anyway. He was a big dude, but mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't as big as I as. Or the, is he a big dude? Uh, Michael Clark say. Duncan is dead. He died of a massive heart attack a few years back as well. 2012. Yep. Wow. I got one more. He, see, I don't have the answers. I'm stump, telling you. If I could stump you on, on this, <laughs> I figured you wouldn't know some of these. All right. Erin Gray, Colonel William Deering from Buck Rogers. The hot chick from mm. with the, the skin-tight suit. That's right. I had a massive crush on Erin Gray. That's right. Yes, she's uh, she was attractive back in the day. Um, yeah, she actually it was a tragic death uh, of hers. She was at the, at the zoo, believe it or not. <laughs> and the lion cage was left unlocked, and a large lion came out and actually attacked her. 
and ripped her throat out. She died on scene. Erin Gray's still alive. She's 68 years oh, old. Oh, damn. All right. You I missed got, one. You got, I got one wrong. You got nine out of ten. That I'm wasn't very bad. impressed by, by your performance Thank today. you. Because I, I, honestly, I wouldn't know any of these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would know any of them. Oh, yeah. That's good. All right. So that was, uh, that was fun. Well, yeah, we had our, our celebrity live or dead game. Hopefully, you uh, you played along at home. You did well, mm. as well as Jay, ninety percent. Mm, that's not bad. Got one wrong. All right, so I'm going to jump into my next movie. There you go. It's another Stephen King novel. Oh, originally, just to reiterate, yeah. we're talking about movies that scare us. That's right. Sorry. So this one is called Cujo. Cujo. I think we all remember. I think Cujo. there's a theme. Your movies are all Stephen King movies. Hey, and so guess who directs this one? Louis Teague, the same guy that did Alligator. Ah. This came out in 1983, and that stars the famous. Or not so famous, Dee Wallace. I don't know if you remember her. Dee Wallace? She was the woman in the movie. She had no, to play the short-haired blonde lady. No. And the little boy, do you remember who that was? I don't think I've seen that movie. You've never seen Cujo? No. So the little boy that play, that was in the movie, his name was Danny Pintoro. What is he famous for? Oh, that name sounds very familiar. He was the little boy in Who's the Boss with Tony oh, Danza. Oh, okay. And, interesting side note, uh, he was ga- he's gay, mm-hmm. and uh, he came. Uh, he said he uh, had, he's had HIV since 2003. Okay. So the little boy from Who's the Boss um, has AIDS. Oh, uh, that's great. So that's just a little Thanks side note. Thanks for that. I don't know. I figured I'd tell you that. So I think we all know about Cujo, right? Cujo is basically about a, uh, a giant, friendly, easygoing St. Bernard dog who runs around in the field, and he has fun, and he's frolicking about. St. Bernard's are, are known to be nice, right? Nice dogs. Yeah, they're big, big, goofy dogs. And he uh, he's, he's chasing a rabbit around. He sticks his little nose into a... Uh, a little uh, home for bats, basically. Wayward bats. And he gets <laughs> he gets bit on the nose and subsequently gets rabies oh. and turns into a giant, drooling, uh, four-legged, furry terror. What is rabies, anyway? That's ah, an animal disease. Yeah, makes but what you, does it do? That makes your brain go crazy. Can you get it? You can get rabies, too, right? Well, you get the, you get the rabies uh, shots. Yeah, no, but what bit. happens if a person gets rabies? Well, you turn crazy. Oh. You're even crazier than you are. So, anyway, the, uh, the female uh, protagonist in the movie, she's got the little boy in her car, and uh, basically, the whole entire movie is her trying to escape the vehicle. <laughs> because the dog, the dog is attacking her and is trying to eat her and her little boy. Sounds very boring, and uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty uh, thrilling. And eventually, she uh, it, well, it kills it kills a sheriff. Oh, the dog does. And uh, but she eventually gets out of the car and she she takes the sheriff's sidearm, his wheel gun, mm-hmm. and ends up blasting the dog and kills it. You want to know a weird thing about police in horror movies? How's that? Usually, the the first police people to get there get killed. Did you notice that? Yeah, because it's a, it's what's called a misdirection. Uh, of horror making, horror movie making. Yeah. So you, you see the police coming and you're like, oh, the police are here. The day is saved. Yeah. And they die. You ever notice though, they're like the bumbling idiots. Usually. And their tactics are terrible. With the exception of Scream, which which the uh, David Arquette character. That's right. Is the first responding policeman and he doesn't get killed. Nope. Actually, he makes it through all four Scream movies, I believe. Okay. Did you like that? That was good. I knew that about David Arquette. <laughs> all right, moving on. I'm actually moving into the the modern era. Yes. What now? From now on, here's one from 2001. Yep. Thirteen Ghosts, starring Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, the, the monk? household name. Talking about Monk. Yeah, the Monk guy. Have you seen Thirteen Ghosts? Uh, no. But you know what other sitcom Monk was in? No. The guy that played Monk. Oh, he was in uh, Wings. Wings. That's right. Yeah. Actually, I like that show. Wings, a good, man. It was a good show. I had a, I had a wonderful crush on that girl. What was her name? The southern. She had a very southern accent. Oh, I don't remember. Crystal Bernard was her name. Oh. And I remember her to this day. Mm, yeah, I do. hope she's doing okay. You remember her in biblical ways. I, I, I hope she's okay. So the premise of 13 Ghosts is that a billionaire Satanist dude named Cyrus, which is always a, a crazy name, yeah, 
wants to build a machine that can do some sort of magical stuff, which I'm not quite sure what it is. And they never really say. Okay. But in order to do that, he needs to trap 13 ghosts, as per the title of the movie. Mm -hmm. Not just any ghosts, mind you, but ghosts that are representative of the Black Zodiac, which is a demonic version of the regular Zodiac. So, like, it's it's 12, whatever. Okay. So he sets up this house that actually traps the ghosts. It's like a, a house made of glass. Mm-hmm. And all, uh, all around the house, uh, uh, printed on the glass, are these Latin phrases that are spells. And supposedly the spells are keeping the ghosts inside. So he, I don't know why he needs to have this elaborate setup, but he does. Yep. What makes it scary is that a family gets stuck in there. Oh. The Tony Shalhoub family, including some kids and oh a, my God. And a uh, wisecracking uh, uh, house guest, uh, housekeeper. <laughs> There's always a wise wisecracking housekeeper. Yep. Gets stuck in there. And the way that the ghosts are portrayed is is really well... They're really well done. They're scary mm-hmm. um, to see, but they also have like these backstories that you want to learn more about because they're all unique in their own way. I see. And and they're all related to the Black Zodiac. Uh, it, so you, as a, I, I'm interested. I want to find out where they come from and how they, they came up with these characters. The Black Zodiac. It sounds like a 70s exploitation movie. It does. Or, it's a, or a Black Sabbath album. Oh. The, what's really scary is that they have these, uh, for some reason, strewn about the home. There's these special goggle thingies that have these little lights on them. Yep. And if you put the goggles on, you can see the ghosts. Oh. If you don't have the goggles on, you can't see them. I got it. So it's frightening to me that they might be, you know, right in your face mm. and you can't see so them. You put the goggles you on. You put the goggles on and it's right in front of you. So you're on the toilet. You're, That's uh, right. You get, you, get, you get the stomach bug mm-hmm. and you put your glasses on quick and there, there's a ghost in front of you. Yeah. Anyways, it's a pretty good movie. You know, it's not the best, yeah. but it's, it's pretty good. Check it out if you haven't seen it. All right. So I'm jumping into The Exorcist. Ah. ah, we've all seen it. We have, I have. And if you haven't, ah, get out there and watch it. Ah. I won't give the ending away. I won't give the ending away for the rest of these. I realized I'm giving the ending away, and some people may not have seen these movies. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that, like I said at the beginning. So this is direct, directed by William Friedkin. came out in 1973. William Peter Blatty's novel. That's right. And especially for 1973, this this thing was uh, this was shocking. Shock value. Starring the great Max von Sydow, dead or alive. Go ahead. Max von Sydow is dead. Wrong. He's oh, alive, and he's still making God. movies. Is he really? He's like 120. Oh, my God. And also Linda Blair, who I had a thing for later on in life. Linda Blair is not attractive. Not in the movie she's not. Not now. she was a child. <laughs> <laughs> not now. She's 100. So anyway, uh, in 1973, a Catholic priest by the name of Lancaster Merrin, which is a great name. Lancaster. He's on an archaeological dig in the ancient city of Hatra in Iraq. And he finds an amulet, basically, that resembles uh, the statue of Pazuzu, which is a demon of ancient origins. Isn't that also an Italian dessert? In whose history, Marin is familiar. I will have Pazuzu with a gelato, please. So, basically, Georgetown, Washington, D.C., a female actress. She goes by the name of Chris McNeil. She lives with her 12-year-old daughter, Reagan. And uh, basically, to summarize this quickly, because, you know, we ha- we're running short on time, and I got a lot more I want to get into. <laughs> Reagan becomes possessed. Oh. Somehow. By some demon. And the rest of the movie is spent uh, watching her demise, basically. Uh-huh. She start, uh, you know, she progressively gets worse and worse, like an affliction, like a virus. Mm-hmm. And the demon starts taking more and more control of her. And then these priests come in, and they basically try to exercise the demons from her body. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of strange hena- uh, happenings and shenanigans take place. Shenaniganry. You know, the famous uh, pea soup scene. Oh, yes. Where she throws up all over the place. Yes. Uh, her head spins, uh, 360 style. Yes, and you know, the, obviously, there was a huge outrage for some of the some of this well, scenes in the movie. Of, there's a lot of blasphemous, a lot of blasphemous uh, stuff scenes, uh, things with crucifixes right. that you don't even want to know no. about. 
and uh, it was it was it was bad in that sense, but good in the shocking shocking value and scary sense. Also based on a true story. Did you run across that? Uh, it is it's based on a little boy who lived in Maryland. That's right. At the t- at uh, you know earlier back in the 1930s. But anyway, so yeah, so the movie goes on and they they try to uh, exercise the demon and you know you have to see what happens at the end. But it's but it's good and scary. Moving on. Yeah. 2007, 1408, starring show favorite John Cusack. Oh, God, I hate John Cusack. <laughs> We've talked about John Cusack on this show. That's before, right. And I don't remember why. You don't like him, right? No, it came up and I said... Because your wife thinks he's hot. My wife likes the guy, and uh, I think he's a big, fat loser. So you're very jealous of John Cusack. All right. Hey, John, if, you, if you're out there, you want to come on the show, defend yourself. I would love to have John Cusack on the show. All right. So 1408 is the story of a writer who makes his living writing books about haunted hotels, even though he doesn't actually believe in ghosts. Ha-ha. Here's the twist. He hears about a hotel in New York City that has a... Have you seen this movie? Uh, yeah, I have. He, 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 uh, he hears about a hotel in New York City that has a room with a really terrible reputation of people dying in it. Mm. So, of course, he has to rent it. He wants to go in there and, and uh, write, a, write a book about it or write, write some stories about it. But they won't let him rent it because mm-hmm. it's too dangerous. Yep. Samuel L. Jackson has a cameo. A cameo is a, a hotel manager who tries to convince the dude not to stay in the room. And he really steals the movie. Actually, Samuel L. Jackson did a great role. Uh, it's a very short. He's probably in the movie 10 minutes mm-hmm. at the most. Yep. He's very good. Uh, what makes the movie scary to me is that it's not its not really a jump scare type of movie. Okay. It's more of a suspense building. Sure. And, and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You don't next. know what's going to happen next. Yeah. A lot of weird stuff happens, stuff that you wouldn't see coming. It's more of a psychological horror. Yep. Um, this, you start to feel isolated. Just watching it is, is disconcerting. Uh, not, not that many people like the movie. I thought it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely worth seeing if you're into... It's not Like I said, it's not really a jump scare. It's not a gross movie. Right. It's just like a more of a psychological horror movie. You know, and the beauty of all this stuff is a lot of these movies now, you don't even have to leave your house. Nope. You know, you go online, go I on think demand. I 1408 is on demand all the time. Yep, yep. So I'm going to do back-to-back here. Go uh, I'm, in, I'm in the letter H. So Halloween, the classic seminal horror movie. Seminal? That's perverse. No, not seminal. Oh. Halloween. Halloween. Directed by, once again, John Carpenter. They came out in 1970. John Carpenter. 1978. And starred the strangely uh, interesting Jamie Lee Curtis. Why Stra- strangely strangely beautiful, I say that. Oh, she's okay. Because her face is strange, but she had a very um, Unique. athletic body style. Yeah, she was, well, you know she was I mean. young. She was very young when she made that movie. That's right? right. So a quick synopsis. Halloween night, 1963, Haddonfield, Illinois. Six-year-old Michael Myers, dressed in a clown costume and mask, inexplicably stabs his older sister Judith to death with a kitchen knife in her home. felt like it. On October 30th, 1978, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis... Also played by a man named Donald Pleasance. That's right. Who was a very good actor. That's right. And his colleague, Marion Chambers, arrive at Warren County Smith's Grove Sanitarium to take 21-year-old Michael to court. Michael escapes from Smith's Grove, stealing a car that was to take him to court... Loomis, knowing Michael's intentions, pursues him. Returning home to Haddonfield, Michael kills a mechanic for his uniform and steals a white mask, a couple knives, and some rope from a local store. Oh. You might know the answer to this. What's the What was the uh, the origins of Michael Myers' mask? Can you tell me that? I, I can, and it actually relates to the uh, uh, the low-budget nature of the movie. Right. They had a William Shatner mask from Star Trek fame. That's right. And they painted it white. That's what the Michael Myers mask is. That's exactly right. I never knew that until years later. Yeah. And you know, years later also, in the subsequent uh, sequels, there was a, a gentleman by the name of George Wilbur who actually played Michael Myers in the movie. Mm. I got to meet George Wilbur at, uh, cool. along with Kane Hodder, who played Jason in the Friday 13th movies, right. at a place uh, near and dear hit to us here called Spooky World. Spooky World. Which uh, you know comes out around Halloween, and they had a lot of uh, 
pseudo Halloween celebrities. Yeah. Those guys make the circuit, man. Uh, they, they have those ho- those horror uh, conventions all over the place. That's they, right. They still make appearances. So the main female protagonist in the movie, her name is Lori. Lori Strode. That's right. And, uh, of course, Michael Myers spends the entire movie trying to get to her for some reason and uh, and <laughs> killing her. Um, and so he kills a bunch of people in the process. And nope. uh, Interesting factoid about that movie. Yeah. It was so low budget, they blew most of their budget on hiring Donald Pleasance to play the... Uh, <laughs> To play the, because he's the only real actor that was in it. That's right. And the other thing is the budget was so small and they were filming it in Southern California. They wanted to make it look like Illinois in the fall that they had to hand paint leaves mm. red. And then they would, they only had a, they only had handfuls of them. They would drop them over the actors as they were filming their scenes. And then in between takes, they'd have to pick up all the leaves, right. put them back in a box. Well, it just goes to show you if you, you know, if you know what you're doing and you can be creative with your cinematography and the music and the effects and stuff. You know, for low budget, you can do great things, such as what we do here on the Eon Project. This is a low, this is a negative budget. That's right. We lose money. We actually pay money because it costs to run the sh- <laughs> this place. That's right. And uh, and look how great we are. It's great. That's right. So I'm going to jump into the next one quick. Yep. And it was a movie called The Howling. Oh, The Howling. Have that, you ever heard of this? It's a it's a uh, a werewolf movie, right? It is, and it was directed by Joe Dante. It came out in 1981, starring the wonderful once again D. Wallace. You're a big fan of the D. Wallace. That's right. That's right. So Karen White is a Los Angeles television news anchor who is being stalked by a serial murderer named Eddie Quist. 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 In, co- in cooperation with the police, she takes part in a scheme to capture Eddie by agreeing to meet him in a sleazy porno theater. Oh. Eddie, who doesn't want to meet people in sleazy porno? Eddie, theaters? this is one of these movies I watched with my dad and I shouldn't have as a kid. <laughs> and I used the, the reflective uh, thing on the uh, remote control. <laughs> he never caught on? Your dad's a pretty swift guy. He never, he never figured it out. Ah, he was probably drunk. Oh. So Eddie forces Karen to watch a video of a young woman being raped. Oh. And when Karen turns around to see Eddie, she screams. The police enter and shoot Eddie. And although Karen is safe, she shuffer, suffers amnesia. Her therapist, Dr. George Sounds Wagner. Like a really violent movie. Why were you watching this as a child? Decides to send her and her husband, Bill Neal, to the colony which is a secluded resort in the countryside where he sends patients for treatment. Okay. So basically, they get to the colony. It's full of strange characters, nymphomaniac-style uh, <laughs> things. There's always nymphomaniacs in that. There's, uh, there's wolf-like creatures and werewolves, and it's basically a werewolf movie. And uh, yeah, so the werewolves attack people, and all kinds of strange uh, shenanigans take place. But same thing, again, low budget, but the cinematography is weird. And you know, the, the 80s, 70s and 80s movies, the way they filmed them were you know just generally creepy. You know, yeah. even if it wasn't a scary movie, they were kind of strange right. uh, and had that vibe to them. Interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is my last one. Yep. Because I know you, you have like an alphabetized list over there that's going on for a long time. Oh, I got a lot. So I'm going to go next. My, my last film is actually probably the most recent film on the list. Mm-hmm. 2013's The Conjuring. Okay. Which is focusing on the Perone family of Harrisville, Rhode Island, which is actually fairly near here. Mm. Fair. Probably like within 15 so, minutes of where the, the, the studio is here. That's right. So th- that's this is one of these quote-unquote based on a true story kind of deals. Yeah, I'm going to get into that. So the Conjuring was, uh, it's a horror film. It's more of a, a supernatural horror film. It's about this family that moved into a farmhouse in the 1970s, and they soon find out that the the uh, the house was once owned by a witch named Bathsheba, mm-hmm. who w- once sacrificed one of her children to the devil there. Yep. All sorts of weird stuff starts happening, and they call in... Paranormal superheroes Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh God! Who come in and they do their thing. Yep. And it's not to me the movie is scary for a number of different reasons. I think the 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 way that they they the way they made the film there's jump scares combined with subtlety mm-hmm. combined with some good makeup some good effects. It, it's it, the suspense builds and it, by the end it's actually it, it's going pretty fast. Yep. It's a good paced movie. I know this sounds 
like I'm a, a, a Richard Roper here of, of, of movie reviews. Ooh. But it's actually, I, I liked it. I, I'm one of the few people, I think, that really liked The Conjuring. I thought it was a good movie. And then The Conjuring 2 was actually, came out a few years after that. It wasn't as good. It's still okay. Yeah. First one's the first one's better. Okay. So I'm going to talk about one more movie, and then what I'm going to do is, since I have a few more on my list, I'm just going to quickly tell what they are, Okay. and then you can, if you have anything intelligent to add to them, you, Probably can, not. you can do that. Okay. So this next one is a movie that I watched as a as a, as a youth at a friend of mine's house. We used to go there. He was a good playmate of mine, good and uh, he was the kind of kid that always had the latest and greatest stuff. He had cable TV before anybody, you know, oh. all, the, all the latest and greatest video games. Uh-huh. And he had this movie. I don't. I think it was on. I think it was on HBO at the time because he yeah. ha- actually had HBO in the early '80s, right? Yep. And it scared the pants off me. And I thought it was. Uh, I thought the special effects were amazing, and the acting was great. And then I went and watched it last <laughs> night, a portion of it. And it wasn't. No, but it's worth it for com- comedic relief. Actually, I may put the trailer up on the Facebook page so people can see it. It's kind of funny. So anyway, it's a movie called It's Alive. It's Alive. Yes. I've never seen that movie. Directed by the wonderful Larry Cohen. Oh, Larry. Released in 1974, which I, I didn't realize it was that early. But anyway, starring, you ready for this? Yep. A Demon Baby. That's oh, really basically it. A Demon There's Baby. There's no famous actors in there that you would know. Ah. And the premise of the movie is A Demon Baby. Well, there's a lot of Demon Baby movies in the 1970s and 80s. Yes, yes. So this uh, this young couple, they go to have a child. Uh, the, the lady's in the delivery room. And basically the, the baby is born and immediately chews through its umbilical cord. Ah! And starts killing doctors and nurses in the... Uh, Does it rappel to the floor off the umbilical cord? That's right. But you, here's the creepy thing about it. You never really see the baby, right? You just kind of... You're basically watching the movie through the baby's eyes, like its perspective when it's really? killing people. Yeah. And then it, it kind of like <laughs> takes off and it disappears into the sewer. So the baby can run around. It runs around. Oh. Uh, disappears into the sewer. So you spend the whole... They spend the whole movie trying to track this baby down. And, ah, and I would have just let it go. And trying to kill it. Yep. So the very end comes and the father rescues the baby... And the baby, he's holding this baby, and you finally get to see the baby. You catch a quick glimpse of it. Oh, so you it. only see it at the end. Yes, you okay. catch a quick glimpse of it. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and for a nine-year-old, oh, it was beyond frightening. What does it look like? Oh, it has like a, a bulbous head, mm. and it's all veiny, yeah. and it has huge fangs. Sounds like a turd. <laughs> it's strange. So anyway, the baby leaps from his father's arms to attack the police, and they shoot it dead. Oh, so it can be killed by normal means. That's right. It doesn't it's... require any sort of... That's right. Okay. It was killed, and it was it, you know it was uh, it, it's worth a watch. At least the five minute trailer. Doesn't that, sound uh, like it. <laughs> it, uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty bad. Okay. So, do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, no. I just think that, like you said, and, and the the ongoing theme of the show has been that when you review these movies or at least try to watch them, they're not nearly as good or compelling as they were once. So, a few more on my list. I'll go through them quickly if sure. you want to say anything. The Omen. Oh yeah, a seventies uh, horror movie. The Omen, yes. That baby named Damien. That's right, another uh, crazed killer kid. To this day, I don't like kids named Damien. Uh, Pet Cemetery, another Stephen oh, King yes. novel turned you to a movie. A lot of Stephen King books. That's right. Yep. Had uh, Fred Gwynn in it. I love that guy. Fred Gwynn. That's right. Yes, from he, Munster's fame. He got his Achilles tendon severed in the movie. Ah, I didn't like that part scary. at all. Uh, Poltergeist. You're like throwing notes all over the floor. The original Poltergeist. Oh, with uh, with Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, uh, directed and- by Toby Hooper. Who also did another one here on the list? Actually, that one was pretty good. I forgot about Poltergeist. That's that was good. good and you know the yeah. scene? Remember the scene at the uh, where they she uh, the mom falls into the pool? Yes. And it's raining and there's yes. mud and there's skeletons everywhere. Yes. They didn't tell the actress. Right. The, I forget who uh, who the actress was. I don't remember that. her name either. Um, they didn't tell her, but they were actual skeletons, yep. human skeletons, Real cadavers skeletons. that they used yep. for that scene. And they they told her afterwards, and she freaked out. <laughs> uh, the Shining. Oh, well, we talked about The Shining on a previous episode. That's right. Uh, very good, very well done movie. We did. We did talk about that. Stanley Kubrick d- uh, directed that one. Kubrick. 
Here's another low budget, uh, great, great one. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, that Toby was Toby Hooper did that one as well. You know, that's another one where they go, oh, it's based on a true story when it's actually not. It's based on the truth. It's based on Ed Gein, right. who didn't do any of those things. That's right. With the exception of made masks out of dead people's faces. He did do that. Here's a little interesting um, factoid about the movie. So it was so low budget, there were no famous actors in the movie. Right. But there was one person that you would have heard of, and it was the narrator of the movie. If you remember, there was a narrator. I don't remember. It was John Larroquette. Really? From Night Court. From Night fame. Court. Oh, That's I like right. John Larroquette. Is he alive or dead? I haven't seen him. He's in alive. Years. I looked him up last night because really? I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh. You thought I was going to ask about John Larroquette. <laughs> uh, I would have got it I would have got it right because I, I looked him up when I saw that he did the narration. He had gray that. hair in nineteen thirty seven. That's right. <laughs> and uh the last one on my list here is uh the thing. Oh, the 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 one that takes place at this this uh and the, the Antarctic, Antarctic uh, the scientific Antarctic. station there. That was uh, I always just, get confused between Antarctic and Arctic. Yeah. That was another John Carpenter movie, nineteen eighty two. Kurt, yep. Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley was in that. Wilford Brimley, the diabetes man. That's right. They basically uh, discover some aliens. Alien diabetes. And uh, the aliens become... Uh, the pocket catheter. They start taking over human bodies and transforming them and killing people and stuff. Hmm. Uh, that was kind of scary. You had way too many movies. We were supposed to pick like, you know, seven or eight, and you picked like 75. Well, I couldn't I couldn't choose because I, I every time I saw one, it reminded me of something as a youth yeah. that I wanted All to talk uh, about. All of yours are older. So no, nothing scares you? Like, in the past 20 years, you haven't seen a horror movie that was scary to you? Not that I can recall. Really? No. I, I feel like they're all the same. They're all... Yeah. Every once in a while, one will come out that's, that's unique. The only one that the only couple that were unique that I will give credit to would be uh, the original Blair Witch Project. Yep, that was pretty good. Which people didn't know or didn't know it was, it was real fake. or not. Right. Um, and that, that was interesting, the way that they filmed that. Yes. And the other one was... Came out a few years ago, and then they made some subsequent sequels. But it was just filmed much like the Blair Witch Project. These people were in a house, and it was haunted... Was that Paranormal Activity? Yeah, maybe the original. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one it was filmed good, kind though. of the same way. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one was, wasn't bad either, but it wasn't scary. It was just, you know, thrilling, if, yeah. you, if you will. Well, you know, they come up with, every once in a while, something unique. And I want to go on the record again, and I think I've mentioned this maybe five or six episodes ago. Hmm. They're coming up on Oscar season. You know, the Oscars come out in March. Mm -hmm. Everyone is falling all over themselves to give the movie Get Out the best picture Oscar. That movie sucked. That movie was terrible. It was not scary. It was not well done. I saw everything coming a mile away. Every stereotype in the book is in that movie. And you have all these people falling all over themselves to give it the best. I don't understand it. To me, it's pandering. Uh, it, 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 it's one of those things where, oh, everybody else likes it, so I have to like it. I find it disgusting. You know, I saw it on, I was scrolling through Amazon Prime uh, videos the other day, and I saw it, and I th thought about what you said. I can't, I couldn't it's click terrible. on it. It's I almost terrible. wanted to watch it just for curiosity's sake, no. and I couldn't do it. It's like it's like a TV show that you've seen a million times. You mm -hmm. just, if you watch that movie, you'll see, you see everything coming. There's no surprises. I don't get it. I don't get why everyone is so obsessed with this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know, but I, I will say this. Uh, so this is the last show. We're going to be on hiatus for about a week or so. Oh, that's not too long. Um, I'm going out of town. Another elaborate vacation. What do you mean elaborate? Elaborate, extravagant vacation. No, no, no. You obviously get paid way more for this program than I do. Wait. What? I can't. I'm not allowed to take my family on a vacation. No, nope. all these elaborate vacations. I love my family. Don't go places, I'll take them on vacation you. if I want. Who okay. are you to tell me anything? Well, you different? keep going on vacation, and I don't where am I going? It. Where am I going? I don't even know. I'm going to Florida. Oh, going to Florida. I'm going to, I Florida. Tell I'm going to Disney. Go World. to Florida. Go to Florida. Oh, I enjoy. I will. Oh, by oh. yourself. Oh, and here's another thing. Oh. Boy, you missed the elaborate vacation. Oh. I'm taking my wife away next month too. Oh, is that right? Because it's her birthday. It's her birthday. Where are you going? And I'm taking her to Nashville for a couple days. Nashville. That's right. You're taking her to Nashville. You have a problem with that? I hey, like Nashville, actually. Do you mind watching my kids while I'm gone? I need, I need a babysitter <laughs> for a couple of days. I need somebody to watch my kids. I can't leave them home alone. Please. I like Nashville. All right. Yeah. 
I know we got some listeners in Tennessee. Oh, we do. As a matter of fact, and uh, I'm gonna try to hook up with some while I'm down there. Actually, you know what? We do have a fa- a, a very famous listener in Nashville. I'm not gonna say his name. Uh, very famous guy, and I actually spent some time with him uh, uh, a couple of years ago, a year ago. Okay. And I went down to Nashville yeah. on, a, on a trip, and he took me to the... He is, goes, it, is it Keith Urban? No, he oh. goes, we're going to go to where the locals go. We're not going to go to the you know, the, the, the places where the, the tourists go. And he took me to this horrible dive bar oh. where I sang Johnny Cash karaoke. So I sang... No, not in Nashville. You in didn't. Nashville. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were not the best. Anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you. Do you have anything else to add today? No. Okay. Thank you for tuning in once again. Any suggestions, give us a shout. S- send us a list of your movies that you that you uh, found scary as a kid. We'll read them on the air. That's right. We'd love to. All right. So just remember, until next time, the truth exists. Believe it. Believe it.